Welcome back, everyone, to the Flow Track Podcast Day Three World Championship Edition. I am Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack, coming to you live from the University of Oregon in a dorm room. In a dorm room, in Gordon's accommodations. We're calling them his accommodations. At least I am. Sounds a little bit more dignified. We're going to talk about the controversial men's high hurdle race and all the false starts of day three. We're talk about the Jamaican sweep and Shelly and Fraser Price's brilliance in the women's hundred. We'll also run through all the other finals of the day, men's marathon, men's 10,000, Ryan Krauser winning the shot put, women's pole vault, et cetera, et cetera. Some interesting prelim action as well. Gordon, whew, it's a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. And it, it's also a lot to have a what we thought was going to be one of the marquee races of the of the week, you could argue, the men's 110 hurdles, Devin Allen on his home track, going into the NFL after this, who set out that he wanted to break a world record, but ultimately really just win a world title. Yeah. Going against Grant Holloway, who we, we kind of have deemed the next best great thing in hurdling. Yeah, yeah. There was all these storylines. There was some depth. There was... Trey Cunningham, there was Hansel Parsmith, yeah. Daniel Roberts was coming off the winning USAs. So it was building up to this great five-way race. Yeah. But when we had two of them in the final, because notably, we'll talk about Grant and his greatness later. But first, we need to talk about this false start. Yeah, yeah. Devin Allen deemed a false start due to this rule. So the rule is if the system, the timing system, says that you leave the blocks shorter than 0.1 seconds from the gun, Mm -hmm. you're deemed a false starter. It's not that you jump the gun. They just assume that you jump the gun to be within so close of being. Yeah, your human's reaction time cannot uh, possibly be that quick. Allegedly. Yes. Allegedly. (laughs) So the the rule is if you're you're under 0.1, DQ. It was happening throughout the meet. Devin Allen was 0.099, the, yeah. the closest you can be to under 0.1 that there is possible. Yeah. He was yeah. splitting an atom of being under 0.1 yeah. and therefore was deemed making an illegal false start and doesn't even get to run in the race that we all wanted to watch. That thousands of people flew across the country, flew across the world to watch. And we said that, yeah. you know, sorry, the science says it's impossible for Devin Allen to no, to be 0.0999 fast, you only can be 0.1 fast. So, yeah, it's important to bring up the other two false starts of the day because those also were in the similar time ranges as Allen. Those weren't ones where they beat the gun because then you see the minus in front of the reaction time. Yeah. This is a positive in front of the reaction time. It wouldn't be a track meet, though. It would not be a global track meet if there wasn't one rule that's going to get everybody's attention and make non-track fans scratch their head and go, wait, what? I'm watching this guy. I'm watching this replay. That didn't look like a false start to me. I know what a false start is. I might have run track before, or I've seen two people race. I know what it means to leave early. And there's two issues here, right? There's two issues. There's one, is the science precise enough to be able to measure whether or not they got off the blocks one one thousandth early, right? We talked to Maurice Green on the walk over here, Olympic champion himself. Said, yeah, it's tough. Like you're dealing with a thousandth of a second. And then the second part of it is, should the threshold be 0.100 or should it not, should it be lower or should it only be if there's a negative in front of it? So there's two things to consider here. We're going to get a lot of debate, a lot of discussion. It happened with a very high profile 
athlete in a high profile race, but this has been going on for a while. Richard Kilty famously got DQ'd and he has an amazing start. And it's almost like, man, maybe this just guy, guy is just like too good for the rule. Maybe his reaction time is just better. So there's a lot to unpack, but I think the big picture here, a lot of non-track and field fans and even track and field fans are scratching their head because what they see doesn't look like a false start. It's a trash rule. It's a trash science. We, 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 we talked to a scientist. We literally were walking and talking on the Instagram, which you guys should, should watch. It's the pre-podcast Instagram show from walking from the stadium to the dorm. We ran into this, I think it was father-daughter. Yeah. yeah. And the daughter, I think, is a student at Oregon, maybe, or, student, or current student. I'm a scientist. But so she studies, <laughs> yeah, I believe her. She studies, like, neurological reactions. Keep going. Right? And she said that the rule point one is – not 100 percent fact yeah. science it's arbitrary it ain't real and we're just following these rules because hey point one that's a easy even round number how do we know it's point one why it, it i would believe it more if they said it was point like nine nine six four, four. two yeah, or something yeah. like that but they're like point one that just happens to be the number it seems like very convenient to be perfectly rounded at point one zero zero that science decided that yeah, the brain yeah knows to be 0. 0.100 for time. Here's my thing though. If you guess the gun, who cares? Yes. If you want to run that gamble, that's fine. It's on you. I wouldn't recommend it. We also, with Marie Scream was Emmanuel Hudson, who's an agent, been in the game for a while, represents Christian Coleman, a bunch of other big name athletes. He said, you know, starters have a cadence, right? Set, and then the gun goes off. So people try to pick up on that. Starters try to change that as well too. So, but if you want to run that risk in the world championships or Olympics, go ahead. When you watch the three false starts from today, none of them look like they are guessing the gun. Because if you're guessing, you 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 did it to a very very small degree. Um, just disappointing. Just just disappointing. That race in general looked weird, like the final, because we had a big five going into this meet. If you want to broaden it, you have the four Americans because you got to throw Daniel Roberts in there, one USA's, and then Hansel Parchment, who looked great throughout the rounds. Parchment is out, Roberts is out, and then Allen is out. So you're just left with. Cunningham and Holloway. We have sound from Devin Allen that we wanted to, to play. This comes just a few minutes ago from the mix. I'll just play 30 seconds of this interview, if we could, of uh, Devin Allen reacting to to the false start and his thoughts on the ruling. Colt, we got that? Uh, proud of the rule of false start, but it's just it's so, so close that, you know, there's a lot of margin of error there. The fact that there's no, you know, not, I'm not going to say leeway, but you know, say that the equipment's 100% perfect, right? One one thousandth is, is pretty close to the to the limit. You know, I'm one one thousandth slower, and no one, you know, everybody's happy. Everybody's hey, great race, you know, world champ, and that's that. So, um, you know, it's a little frustrating. There's a lot of variables in a race. You know, you know, we're all getting in the set and moving at the same, you know, moving and stuff like that as well. So to say that, you know, maybe that was a was a factor as well. It's, this is just, it just sucks. It's bullshit. I'm angry. You know what I just, this was making me think about? They're like, oh, the reason why it's a rule because we just assume you're jumping the gun because science says you can't be that fast. Mm. That would be like the NBA being like, when you make a three-point shot that happened to be a bank shot that you weren't purposely banking, yeah, it like, count. it doesn't count. Like, if NBA players shoot a ball and they get a lucky bounce, yeah, yeah. oh, it doesn't count because you thought you were going to swish it. Yeah. And because you thought that, we know that technically that ball shouldn't have gone in. Yeah. And that's the sex we're doing. Like, we know that technically 
you you wouldn't have been able to do this. But again, all it should be, it should be zero. It should yeah. be zero, zero, zero. Yeah. It makes the most sense. Yeah. Uh, someone in the chat says Americans, when they find out Americans have to fall, there's, it's not just about Americans because we're mad about yes. uh, Gaithier. We're, we're mad about Julian Alfred. Julian Alfred. I was looking up about Richard Kilty. I think it was a couple yes. of years ago, probably pre this pod. I was on another pod. Yeah. It's just, again, it's just one of these things. You could write a long piece about why this sort of rule encompasses a lot of the issues with track and field. Yes. And a lot of people go on Twitter right now, search Devin Allen. A lot of people who are not track fans are just confused. And this is not the same thing as the bolt fall start, right? Because it's like the bolt fall start in 2011, he fall started. Now people were mad about the rule. Should it be one? Or should it be one charge to the field? That's that's different. This is this is a, di- a different scenario. Type of false start. Right, where people are upset for a different reason because they're looking at it with their own two eyes and they're saying this is this is strange in the same way. NFL, what's a catch? Is this a catch? Is that a catch? Or VAR in soccer, is this offsides or is that offsides? But this is just so uh, frustrating. Uh, we got a tweet up there from, this is a track athlete himself, Gray Horn. Uh, if I want a track and field enthusiast and just happened to tune in the world championships, I would have just changed the channel after watching what just happened to Devin Allen. What an embarrassment for the sport. And Allen's not going to say this, but it almost made me think he's just like, all right, cool. I'm good with football. Yeah. Like, not that there's not problems with that sport, but it's just you train your entire life. Your season is going well, and then you get to the global championships, and then it's it's one thing to lose by point oh oh one. No one, no one's mad about that. That's part of the game. But with the, for this rule to come in when you're not actually false starting and getting called for a fault start, it's frustrating. Anyway, hmm. let's roll to women's hundred. Yes, we're going to come back to the men's high hurdles to talk about Grant and to talk about Cunningham and talk about Martinez getting getting the bronze there. Um, Jamaica, man. Jamaica, you're here. They did it. One of the two of us believed in a sweep. It was me. I want you to remember that. Uh, when next time I see you out and about, Penn Relays, Eugene, wherever it is, if I come to Jamaica next year, Fraser Price, one. Sharika Jackson, two. Elaine Thompson, hurrah, three. Dina Asher Smith, very close for fourth. And even the race for gold was close, but I never thought Fraser Price was going to lose once the gun went off. She got command early on, held it all the way through the line. Jackson put up a good fight towards the end. Thompson Rod didn't have that close, obviously, that she had in Tokyo that took her from even to, to way in front. But much like the men's race, where we had a sweep as well, too, very close, competitive race. And, man, Shelly and Fraser Price, Seven 100-meter golds in her career now at Global Championships. Seven. More than Bolt. More than Usain Bolt. Which, which you're not allowed to talk about Usain Bolt I'm not anymore allowed to talk about yesterday. Yeah, so, I'm banned right. from talking about Bolt. But 2008, her first gold in the 100 now, which is before you started watching track. Yeah, record. you're telling people I've only watched track for 10 years, which is not true. I've it's watched great. track since the yeah. early 90s, watching Michael Johnson. Yeah. So, listen. I mean, this is just – what do you say about Shelly and Fraser Price that hasn't – already been said and and another tough sub 10 7 now people might have expected more based on times earlier this year but go back a couple of years and and realize how rare sub 10 7 is elaine and shelly ann made it commonplace recently but that is a remarkable time shrika jackson very excited what this means for her in the 200 i think she cements her status as 200 meter yes. favorite and thompson hurrah gets a medal at the world championships but again Olympics, she's there winning gold and world championships, she's not. I'm interested to see what she has 
in the two because you have to favor Sharika now over her in the two, and then you throw in the other other folks like Asher Smith, who's looked good, Steiner from the U.S., Shawnee Miller, Weibo, and on and on we go. Yeah, I mean Sharika definitely this performance. I, I it's kind of similar. Whenever you see someone who you think is more of a two hundred meter runner have a really good hundred meter performance, you're like, okay, they're ready to to light one up. Like that's what I thought about Kenny B at USA's. He finished like fifth or sixth in the men's hundred. And I was like, okay, he's ready to make the team in the, in the open 200. Mm -hmm. But back to this Jamaican team, sweeps are very impressive. And they're also very fun to watch, especially <laughs> when you're in a stadium, like watching the men sweep, seeing the whole crowd go wild. There was a lot of USA chants, USA chants, but there's also a huge Jamaican contingent here in Eugene. And when they saw their three women go one, two, three, the, the crowd just erupts. And it kind of gives you that team sport vibe that a lot of people always are itching for in our yeah, sport. Yeah, yeah. We'll never have that. But these are those moments when you kind of have like a true like like feeling of like country pride versus just having one individual win a race. Yeah. Seeing sweeps is like the best feeling in track, I think. And back-to-back -back sweeps. Tokyo and now Eugene, World Championships after the Olympics. Like it's, it's crazy what that that Jamaican trio is done. And hey, are they going to break the world record in the 4 by one They oh. definitely should break the world record in the 4 by one Wait, wait, wait. Now you're saying breaking... We're not allowed to talk about world records, I thought. The podcast rules... No, you, you can't told talk me about it. Stop. I can't mention world records anymore. By the way, Bol Gordon has gotten aggregated by Jamaican media for his bad takes. I'm both happy and proud. Obviously, Bolt quote tweeted it. Uh, Michael Johnson commented. Mo Green... When we wrapped up the Instagram live, what did he say? Stop predicting everybody's going to break a world record. That was his yeah. one. Mogreen got upset. Good advice. Uh, it was, he was very nice about it. Anyway, we don't need to. We don't need to rehash this. We, we've been through it. But Jamaican women four by one should break the world record. I think they will break the world record as long as the passes are clean. But okay, that's the big if with everything. But okay, you say that because we're seeing this dominance of their their three. Would that also mean that the U.S. men, if they okay again? U.S. men needs to work, don't need to worry about records. Please. They need to worry about getting the stick around. But you look at, you know, when Coleman, the 2019 world champion, who is your fourth best guy, that's a better fourth place guy than Kemba Nelson or Brianna Williams, right? The top end is not the same, though. That's true. Top, top end is not the same. All right. We're gonna, before, we're we'll talk stop. about the four by one later. Look, guys, I, okay. I didn't leave it. I got the trash can ready for Gordon's trash takes. I'm going to cut him off before we move on I did. from that. Uh, Kambunji fifth uh, for Switzerland. Here we go. There, there's the there's the rest of the order. Hobbs sixth, Tolu seventh, and then Jefferson in eighth. You want to move on? You want to move back to the hurdles? Talk about Grant. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Grant. Men's one ten hurdles. Grant Holloway, who had a really rocky start to his season. Well, he had a really rocky start to his outdoor season. He had an incredible indoor season, but you know he was pulling out of races because of conditions. He was in like a bad wind storm, then in that bad weather storm. He wasn't running that fast. And then he gets beat by Devin Allen in New York. And then there's like all these questions. Yep, yep, You're, yep. You, you know, like, hey, you also, you're thinking about, well, he did lose the Olympic title. And now you're thinking like, is Grant Holloway constantly going to have a, a hole in his game? No, <laughs> he's not. Who thought that? He's constantly going to have a hole in well, his game? Well, you, you if, if he wins 2019 and then would lose the Olympic title and then get upset by Devin Allen here or by anyone else, yeah, against yeah. Parchman again, you would start having that question of like, 
Grant Holloway, one of the greatest, but he lacks the, the outdoor titles. Like that would start becoming a well, yeah, story. But, but he had one. He had one, but drive, he had the so. first one. Yeah. But yeah. then you'd be like, oh, like, was this a one hit one? You'd start sure. thinking that. I sure. would think that. I would make that take, but I'm not going to make that take. It this was- whole time, I thought Grant Holloway was going to win the title. I thought he would lose USA's. I thought he would win Worlds. I thought he is timing his season differently from the other athletes because of he had the bye to Worlds. And he showed up and got it done. Uh, ran 13-0 in back-to-back uh, rounds. 13-0-3. 13-0-3 for yeah. the win. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it, seemed, it seemed like the right outcome. Not that we're looking for right or wrong outcomes, but Grant Holloway is the best hurdler in the world. Yeah. It makes sense that the best hurdler in the world wins the world title. And uh, as much as we would have wanted to see Devin Allen in it, I don't think Devin Allen Racing would have changed it. I still think Holloway would have won. Maybe people disagree, but. Well, and Parchment too. Like Parchment was looking so good through the earlier rounds. I just think I want to to see that race again. Or I want to see more Diamond Leagues. Yeah, we need to see a Diamond League. Grant's obviously deserved gold medalist. and thousand percent. Yeah, and what he did back-to-back is is really impressive. But I just, when there's, you get two out of the five. Five best. That's his point. You can accept four because all right, it's track and field. Three, you're a little bummed out about, but two. And credit to Trey Cunningham for delivering after a long collegiate season. So he was the second collegiate champion to get silver today after Cameron Rogers, women's hammer thrower. Powerman nominee. Two two collegians today got silver medals. One last thing on Grant Holloway. It feels good to win a world title. I'm sure he's like, that's right. He does, does his patent-like cell phone move. I think it's that a Florida thing because Joseph Fombulay did that too. Maybe that is that like Mike not, Lyles did that. Lyles, uh, it's a Florida thing. Right? It's a Florida. I don't know who are they calling. The state of Florida, not. Call, oh, maybe this is like the Panhandle. No, it's not. And they're like they're thinking no. too much about it. Okay, but anyway, what I was trying to say is, as great as to win a world title, he didn't get that 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 perfect feeling of avenging the loss to, to Hansel Parchment and avenging the over the the hypeness of Devin Allen. Yeah. Right. He didn't get to do that. Similar to uh Fred Curley. He didn't get to avenge the loss to uh Lamont Jacobs because Jacobs had to pull out yeah. with injury. Yeah, yeah. Even Fred Curley tweeted out I want to race he, he wants to race Jacobs, Jacobs yeah, yeah. on the street no matter where. I need a we need to resettle this, you yeah. know? And that's that's the only negative you can even take, I would say from this from Grant Holloway's performance and even Fred Curley's, right? Is that like you didn't, it didn't have that full encompassing, like, all right, I beat everyone that was there and healthy. But you're never going to get that. You're never going to get that. That's true. It. You're never going to get that. But still, you know. And and the problem is, or the, the thing that's fine about it is you don't really remember. As I was talking about yesterday. You're not going to remember that. You, you don't really remember it. You don't quit. I mean, the diehard nerds remember it, but you have the gold medal around your neck. Well, I remember the 2016 NCAA 100-meter dash beating week. That's okay, cool. but that's just because of Everett Chesare. All right, let's keep <laughs> moving on. Let's talk about another final. Uh, men's 10,000. Uganda delivered. Talk about a, a nation delivering there. You got Joshua Cheptegei winning it. You have Kip Limo in third. And then in between them, Stanley Waithaka Wyf- uh, Mburu um, ran really well. So Borega, not there. Aragawi, not there. Mohamed. Uh, was in the mix. This was a really chaotic last couple laps. And Grant Fisher of the U.S. almost 
got a medal there. He ends up finishing fourth. But you talked to Chepta guy afterwards. What did what did he say? He's just he's on such a tear right now. He's always in the mix. Ran so confidently too. Like did some leading and pushed it from from the front. Yeah, he he has a very this sounds kind of weird, like a peaceful vibe. Yeah. Seems very calm. He's very calm. Is really even keel. Doesn't really have any crazy like excitement highs or really down lows. And I think it's because he keeps winning. He keeps on helps. breaking records and you know, it, it feels very smooth for him. Like it, it, there, it's just, even the way he runs, he, he, I always thought he kind of runs like a Kipchoge in a 10 K his, his arm movement is very like peaceful. He has a very Kipchoge vibe, which I kind of like, but uh, we did ask him if he's going to try to break some world records later this year. He said, he laughed and said, no, um, I think <laughs> he's like, no, nope, nope. But uh, I'm sure he's happy because there was a little bit of a doubt. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't win that diamond league. Was it three k or two mile? What it was? He lost to the refugee athlete. No, that was that was Kiplima. Oh, that was Kiplima. Kiplima. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, Chepta guy ran that world record time trial race here and didn't really run that well. Yeah. And, and Aragawi ended up running faster than him yeah. the next day because we had to do two five thousand. Sorry, but, I got that wrong. Anyway. Uh, I've only been watching track for 10 years. A decade. Listen, I didn't mean a decade literally, guys. When I said Gordon has been paying attention for a decade, I meant that to explain he should have the background knowledge, should not know that Usain Bolt's record's not going down. Not he's only been watching for 10 years because he hasn't literally. Anyway, uh, Fisher right there just just missed. Here's the issue with this. It's it's like, is he ever going to get that medal, right? He's been close now two years in a row. The problem is there's like always – somebody there yes. right because you have this you know Mburu is up here like we hadn't he wasn't really on our radar right he is he gonna develop into a guy is Borrega gonna have a better race the next time it's so tough to to predict medals which is why you know you give all the credit in the world to to Chalimo like the recently the U.S. guy who's been able to get medals because it is hard because it's not like oh I'll just wait till chapter guy's gone and then it's my turn in the interim there's a new person yeah right who, who's right right there but Fisher, I think, will eventually get one. Maybe it'll come as early as the, the 5,000, although that would be a, a big, big story if he did that. Because he just seems to always put his nose in it, at least the last two championships. He hasn't had a really a bad race in the three big-time championship races he's run. I mean, he needs to prove, right? He was fifth at the Olympics? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. fourth here. You know what Golden's after? Fourth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Third. He'll be third in 2023. Yeah. He'll be second in 2024. Yeah. And then he's going to win the 2025 <laughs> world title in Tokyo. Grant Fisher, 2025 world champion. That's I how just it said, I just said it's not linear. And then you just describe the linear progression. Uh, men's marathon, Tamaratola, gold, Garamu, uh, silver, Bashir Abdi, bronze. Another event where these con- one country is getting two or more medals in a lot of these events. I don't know if that's a record. Some of you stat heads out there are going to have to research that because it seems like we're having a lot of sweeps or almost sweeps. No super sweeps yet, but yeah. a lot of two out of threes there as well. Um, this thing went out slow, but it ended up getting going later on. Toler ran 205. That's a world championship record. Great, great weather this morning. It, it was funny. We had really awesome marathon weather and then really awesome track meet weather in the afternoon. Like Eugene really delivered with the weather today. It, it met the standard for a long distance race and a hundred meter race. Obviously it could have been hotter and it could have been a little bit colder, but I think it, it served uh, both purposes. Cam Levins broke the Canadian record by two minutes just and got fourth, almost got got a medal, which would have been crazy. He beat Jeffrey Camor. Um, Rupp said he didn't have enough training under his belt and ended up uh, finishing a ways back. What was the environment like at the marathon? So it's kind of 
people were getting excited about seeing a world championship marathon in Eugene. It was yeah. a lapped course. What was your take on the way that they set up the the runway and just the vibe of having a, a world championship caliber marathon in the States? Yeah. So people burned some calories out there. People got some miles and there were so many people running along with the athletes biking. They, they closed half of the road, but then they left the other half of the road open. So I'm walking over the marathon. I see just whole gangs of bicyclists out there riding around. I'm like, are they here for the, the marathon? Or are they just taking advantage of the fact that the, the road is going to be closed? And it was awesome all the way through. It was great to see the different countries out there, you know, waving the flag, sprinting around, like running. It almost had a, like it had a cross country course feel to it in terms of just how many people were out and about going from spot to spot, cheering and kind of losing their mind. So I thought it was, it was cool. I mean, it's obviously not a big city, right? It's not a, it's not a London, it's not a Berlin marathon, but because of that, you're able to, to get around and, and have a little bit different scenery out there. So I thought it was, it was way better than I expected going in. There was this viral video, Colt, I put it in the rundown just now, uh, of the Ethiopian coaches running stride for stride with <laughs> their runners. And they're not, they don't look like, they're not built like long distance runners, but they are like, you know, they're probably 40 pounds heavier than their, their actual athlete. And they're going four thirty mile pace yeah. right by them on the road. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. It's just a lot of, it's just cool. A lot of excitement. Yeah. yeah. A lot of excitement. We're going to have another one tomorrow morning with the women. It's going to be exciting. I think they did. I think Eugene, Oregon has done a great job with setting it up. Race walk was cool. I mean, we were talking about this with some other fellow journalists about there's been a lot of like negative attention given towards Eugene, Oregon, especially after the USA champs. They're talking about empty seats. I mean, we were saying that. We were saying it too. Yeah, we were saying (laughs) it. They're talking about empty seats, this, that, and the other thing. Oh, are people going to show up? This is a big failure before there was ever even the first gun going off in the first race of the first day. But three days in, I'm like, I give it an A so far. It was Really crowded tonight. I don't yeah. know what the actual attendance figures. There's one section of bleachers that I think is athlete seating. Yeah, so it looks like it's that's that's half full or a third full that sticks out. And then there's different seats speckled throughout the stadium that aren't there. But it certainly gets loud in there, and the different countries are are voicing their approval or disapproval if there's a false start yeah. for all the events on the track. And the marathon was cool because the community came out because yeah. it's obviously free. And you just kind of, people want to be out there and see what the, what the world's best marathoners, you know, how fast are they going up close? You kind of experience it in in a way. It it was pretty cool. But like, I mean, today I wasn't in the mix zone pretty much the entire time you took over mix zone duties. I thank you for that. Yeah. Good job. So I got to really just enjoy the full three hours. Even after this, by the way. Okay. We're going to be even. I'm (laughs) clocking out at, what time is it? Nine. I got three minutes. I got to enjoy the full three hours just from the, the press box, but like hearing the crowds during the athlete introductions, especially around like notable, like even like the top ranked people, the Jamaicans and the U S athletes, it was, it felt very surreal. you like, I've never heard in the U S like, a, it felt like I was at a legit yeah. like NFL type game. So that's yeah. Grant Fisher brought this up. Pull that tweet up again there. Colt, uh, Tim Layden, the great Tim Layden's uh, quote here from Grant Fisher in the mix zones. Like he's like, it felt like a real yeah sport felt like NFL NBA. And I, I, I brought this up to you. What's interesting is, Yes, Heard Field has great atmosphere. Yes, the fans are knowledgeable. But usually the loudest cheers are reserved for 
people affiliated with Oregon or yeah. the Oregon Track Club. And I'm yeah. talking about when you compete at an Olympic trials, a U.S. championships, or NCAAs, or NCAAs right? It's Oregon. Well, Prefontaine. But see, Prefontaine, so, when you think about it, so few people actually get to compete at Prefontaine when, when it comes down to it. So a lot of these athletes, so say you went to LSU, say you went to Alabama, say you went to Kentucky, you've competed here a bunch of times, you've heard the cheers, maybe you've won, but that's nothing like the applause you're hearing when you're at the start line and you hear such and such from such and such country murmur, and then such and such murmur, and then you from the USA, and then there's just this explosion of noise. I talked to Lena Irby today about it. She's like, I got goosebumps when I heard my name and everybody cheering for me. Like they're getting the full force of, of the, the hometown crowd behind them at Hayward. Now you can say, all right, it would be the same in, in any other yeah. city throughout the country, just cause it's a world champs in the United States. But it's something that these athletes have never experienced before, unless they're one of those, you know, select few Oregon athletes. But even then to have whatever, 16,000, I don't know what we're at today, cheering for you. And Grant said, every time I passed a person, people, I could hear it. People would lose their mind. Yeah. And then they started a USA champ in the backstretch. So it's just, it's a unique feeling, even though maybe to, to us, we assume, oh yeah, okay, Hayward, they're going to cheer for, for their favorite athlete. It, it's just a little bit different when you're, when you have USA on your chest. Yeah. All I'm saying is they're doing a great job. Oregon 2022, I think it's off to a great start through three days. Yes. There's been some false starting issues and maybe whatever else issues, but overall I give it an A so far. And I think it's going to stay in A. I'm excited for when we get into the relay portions with the four by ones and four by fours. Yeah. That's going to be fun because it's going to have the, the tension of teams going into these. We're getting closer and closer to finals. You got the 400 hurdles kind of coming into fruition. We have, you know, the 200s coming up. That's going to be wild. Yeah. It's going to be like seeing the, the women's 200 with Abby Steiner versus Jamaicans, the men's 200, another potential sweep. Yeah. It's going to be fun. But we have all these, you know, potential finals coming up. One final in particular, which I'm excited about, is the men's 1500. So there was a heat of death today. We used to do death heats yeah. on this pod, be it NCAAs or USAs. Uh, we didn't, I don't know if we did it for the Olympics, we might've, but this 1500 heat was just absolutely stacked. The first semifinal, it had Inga Britson in it. It had Josh Kerr in it. It had Oliver Hoare in it. It had Timothy Cherry in it. Tafara. Samuel Tafara in it. The list went on and on and on and on. And Kerr ends up winning it, but it was very chaotic, very crowded in the home stretch. Oliver Hoare actually went out. The pace was not quick, so we got the two time qualifiers, which is funny, right? The faster heat didn't have the, two time qualifiers. Yeah. Of course, that's old school, 1500 meter running. But you can see on, on the screen, if you're watching along with us, uh, Kerr, Garcia, Ingebrigtsen, Chariot, Fontes got the, the five there. Tafara didn't get through. Oliver Hoare didn't get through. And Jakob Ingebrigtsen stopped after the race and um, was asked, is it going to be hard from the, like, is someone going to go from the front? And he said, no, I think it's going to be a, a sprint finish. So then Josh Kerr, who no one in the state of Oregon right now is more confident than Josh <laughs> Kerr. Forget the track meet, forget Eugene, Oregon. No, maybe even the United States. Nobody is more confident and showing it right now than Josh Kerr, especially considering he's going against two all-timers, two at minimum all-timers, in his event in Ingebrigtsen and Cherio, he said after, hey, okay, if you if you don't take it out, if it's not a sprint, that's good for me. I outkicked you today. I'll do it again. What did you think of that? It was definitely seeing a 
Very dynamic difference. We'll put up the interviews uh, after this podcast. Actually, got... I'll let, keep talking. I'll try to see if I can send them. You can try to send the interviews. But basically, Josh Kerr, he's doing these interviews with his sunglasses on. He has that cocky attitude. Maybe not, you can call it cocky. You can call it confidence. But And then Ingebrigtsen now is kind of being a little subtweeting Kerr with like, hey, why are you doing it this way? Yeah. You got to watch. You got to watch the whole video for me. I don't want to ruin. I don't want my take, my description of it to ruin. Uh, just sh- show the photo on, on the camera of him with the sunglasses. I'm not have enough time. Just pause it. Look at this. So this is Josh Kerr doing an interview in shades. Yeah, he's got it up there. You throw that well, one. Up that's there. with him. That's with the shades. Oh, up. that's that's. Yeah, we don't have that right. Cole, if I text it to you, can you play it or no? The- I want him to hear it. It's a good. It's a good quote. Hey, Cole, we're going to try it. I love it. I love it. Keep talking. Yeah, so uh, basically you see a very dramatic dis- difference between the way Kerr reacted to the semifinal and Ingebrigtsen. Ingebrigtsen is kind of being like, all right, di- all right, kid. He's like, he's kind of treating Josh Kerr like the little brother, like that Kerr is like the wild child, even though Kerr is older than, J- than Jakob. It's a very interesting dynamic. Jakob clearly is trying to act like the professional in the room, and Kerr is acting like, you know, the little brother with the swagger who just has the utmost confidence, which may translate to winning. Yeah. I I made a bet on Oliver Hoare to medal. I lost that because Hoare didn't get through. But I think I might try to make <laughs> that money up. I lost $100 in that by doubling down on Josh Kerr nobody's odds to potentially improved. win. Yeah, nobody's odds have improved more than Josh Kerr's yeah. since the championship started because – British champs, that was kind of a weird race he talked about. It's like super windy. It becomes a 600-meter race. Basically, his way of saying, don't read too much into that. Thing. Yeah. Like, you guys saw the result, but that's not it. But we haven't seen really much from her this year, right? Like, that's – it's been a bit of a mystery. But his credentials are certainly there. He has a he has a medal. Yeah. Like, you don't get a 1,500-meter medal in this era by uh, by accident. So – yeah, these are guys are both big personalities. Yes, um, I wouldn't count out, you know, Kenyans in this field as well yeah. too. I mean, they're they're just as good. But Kerr, after round one, set the table with the celebration and the look and pumping his fist and getting all fired up. I thought, okay, maybe he'll dial it back a bit round two. No, no, nope. went went to another went no, to no. another level. Yeah, exactly. Again, I'm still searching for someone who's more confident than uh, than Josh Kerr right now. I don't know. You know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know who it would be. I, I, have, I have no idea. I mean, you, you're Mondo. No, I'm talking. I'm talking about outside track, just oh, in general. Just like who's just, a con, just a confident. Just walks person. around with confidence. Yes, yeah, just a confident human being. I don't know if there's anybody out there. Just, I mean, to pull off the glasses alone, right, with the gold, the gold glasses. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Gold. We got any of that stuff? Perfect. Thirty seconds. Um, any other surprises in those fifteen hundred heats? Gorg jo- uh, yeah. didn't get in, but Josh Thompson got lucky. Was it happened to be in the fast heat? He was with three hundred meters to go, about ten to fifteen meters back of the seventh place, which was Sam Tanner. And then with two hundred meters to go, he closed it about ten meters, and then eventually he made the pass on that home stretch. And uh, Josh Thompson basically getting lucky and be like, all right. If this is going to be top seven auto qualify, I'll take that. And he was able to pull it off. Um, and so it's pretty cool to see Josh Thompson, Josh Thompson being the lone American. Who had Josh Thompson yeah. in yeah. the beginning of the year as the lone American to make the final? And it was interesting because we said, hey, 
Jakob said it was going to be slow. And Tom's like, well, that's great for me. Everybody is just super happy that Jakob said that. Kerr also said, hey, could be playing a little bit of games, just saying he's going to go slow and then he's going to just go full gas. I just love this era of the 1500. We yes. had a lot of years there where everything was tactical, tactical, tactical. I like that there's a solid chance that we're not going to get a tactical race. The last couple of years have been crazy fast and how that impacts the field. Because I honestly like it when it's a little bit of both. I like it when it's it's honest in the beginning. Yeah. Then there's a tactical moment in the middle and then it gets re honest at the end. Yeah. Like I like a sandwich with, the, I like a tactical sandwich, <laughs> honest, tactical in the middle, honest, you know, honest is the bread. Tactical is the peanut butter and jelly. Gotcha. So there was this great curly quote from yesterday. He was asked why he ran nine, seven in the first round. And he said, cause everybody had to go to bed that night thinking about the nine, seven. And I didn't I wonder if Kerr's doing something similar in the 1500. I or think maybe it's Jakob the one doing something similar to the under by saying it's going to come down to a sprint finish. Yeah. Mind games, man. It's pretty cool. I still think at their best, it's Jakob. Yeah. So I lost $100 on whore because I was stupid. I should have made the bet after the semifinals, but I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Should I put $200 yeah. on Josh Kerr? Yeah, definitely when you lose in gambling, bet more to make it up. I think that's how it works. I had a big loss today. I had a chance to uh, win a lot of money, but yeah. we'll talk about it. I did a parlay with Grant Holloway, Ryan Krauser, and Sandy Morris, all <laughs> winning gold. Yeah. Sandy Morris got second. Let's transition. Do we have, no, no, no. Do we have the clip? Get the clips. Yeah. All right. all right. So watch this. Listen. Audio? We got audio? Okay, thanks, guys. We, we can go on. We're just gonna ask, like, do you feel like you made a jump between the British trials, barely making the team, to now? What, I, I think I think it's important for people to know, like, if you're not at British trials, you don't know what it's like. Where it's like, we have our heats at seven thirty p.m. We have our final at three three p.m. and the, the gustiest of winds, so it's a six hundred meter race, and it's very different for being in three twenty eight shape. You need to be in one forty four shape, and I wasn't. Um, but look, that was three weeks ago. It's difficult to peak for both. This is my main concern. This is what I'm here for. You feel like you're in 328 shape now? No, keep going. Keep going. No, no, keep going. The, 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 that, you, that was the, the prologue. The best part is going to come in a second. <laughs> it's like a minute long. The second 30 is what we want. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. It's okay. It's Round okay. two. No, we appreciate you, Cole. You're doing a good job. I'd say 27 high. Jakob said it's going to be, he thinks it's going to be a sprint finish. Okay. It's not going to be hard from the front. What do oh, you really? Think? Yeah. I would say that's a bad decision for him if he saw today. Um, I don't know. I think he might be saying that just to say it, but, you know, that's not going to make any difference the way that I'm going to prepare. I've been ready for this for years, so I'm, uh, I'm excited to go out there and race on one of the fastest tracks I've ever raced on in my life. And uh, let's put a show on for you guys. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Josh. So he is... Again, calling out Jakob saying you're making a bad decision if you if you if you don't make it honest. Right. To which is, is he is he now trying trying to play mind games yeah. to bait Jakob and it's like I can win anyway. I can win from the front and I can win from the back. It's like a double negative. Yeah. But then you might go to triple negative and that like who's calling who has the bluffing? Who's bluffing? Is it is Josh Kerr bluffing well, or is Jakob bluffing? Jakob has the cards, right? Yes. Because Jakob can go to a place I think that the other guys can't. Right? Yeah. You could say that. 
I think the only way he actually lets it go legitimately slow is if he's not quite a hundred percent or somebody goes with him and he decides, okay, I'll back off. And then someone gets in front and then the pace, and then before he knows it, the pace gets slowed down. Remember we talked about this earlier because you have Jakob winning the next 20 championships. Yes. Which I might bet against the only, the, the only way, thing. the only way Jakob like loses what we were saying is like, we got to, you got to get him off his spot. You got to make him uncomfortable, not just physically, obviously, but in terms of changing up the race pattern, the race structure, you can't let him dictate the tempo. You can't let him dictate the terms of engagement in a 1500 meter race. And I think it's still ice that take, I think holds up right now. And I think that's kind of what Kerr's talking about. So now let's hear what Jakob said. This was, this was before. So as Jakob said this before. Yeah. I don't know what happened yeah, behind me, but I believe some people <laughs> used a little bit too much energy in the wrong places. But uh, I guess uh, I'm ready for Tuesday. For the first 100, you'd like to go in the back just to stay out of trouble? Yeah. But then everybody's rushing to the front. But so I, I, I had almost decided to stay at the back because I, uh, I think I was fortunate with the heat, not running with uh, Stewie, <laughs> because he always runs fast. But, uh, I, uh, so I got up quick enough to slow it down just a little bit. In Tokyo, you had Timothy lead the whole thing. Do you think he'll do it again? No. Uh, Are you going to do it? No, no, I think it's going to be a sprint finish. And there it is. So that came before, obviously, yeah. the current view. His, him saying, I think it's become a sprint finish. And he also makes references. Some people spend a little bit too much energy in that race. We all know who... What do you spend too much energy in life on? That's a good question. I spend uh, too much energy thinking about uh, what I'm going to do for dinner. Yeah, that's fair. Food in general. Food. I put. I spend way too much energy thinking about food. Yeah. I think... What do you spend too much energy on? Uh, I mean, I agree with that one. Um, I spend too much energy like planning to work out and then not enough energy actually work. Doing out. the workout. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Listen, I don't think people should sleep on Cherio either. Like, I think he's going to be I'm in the sleep. mix. Kip Sang, I think, is going to be in the mix. Um, Kip Sang seems too new to it. He's raced a lot, too. So, I just think it's interesting. You got two guys going at it. Two incredibly competitive guys. Like, he, it seems like he's upset he lost the prelim, which is like, yeah. who cares? But he, he had to get in that comment of, I think, some people spent too much energy, which is great. This is why it's going to make this final super, super interesting. Um, I think I'm going to rebet that race too. I was upset I got the loss. I'm going to rebet it. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Uh, someone says too much energy on Philadelphia sports. I don't, I don't yeah, know. that's very true. <laughs> yeah, I do spend too much energy. Yeah, but well, it's, it's it's good energy, right? Yeah. All right. What else? Uh, men's. Let's just do some some field event stuff. Um, women's pole vault. Women's again, two two medals from the same country again. Najat. And uh, and Morris up there. Yeah, uh, they go one two. It came down to they both secured the gold, uh, the silver and gold. One thing that was interesting. Interesting is Nagat Najat. Apologies. She missed. She had to like take three attempts early on, and it kind of looked like it wasn't going to be her day. But then she got it rolling, and then was able to get a clean attempt in on four eighty, I believe, or four eighty five. And then after that, it was all she wrote because Morris needed two attempts on it. And then that was enough for it to be the clincher. Morris was perfect up until uh, 485, I believe, or 480 or 485. I'm not sure exactly. But basically, 
it looked like Morris was in control for the majority of the meet until like the final two uh, barriers where the, the place is flipped and then they go one, two in that order uh, with uh, Morris finishing second, even though she was the heavy favorite. Um, on the men's side for shot put, we had a very interesting back and forth. Krauser started off kind of slow, didn't have the, he started in like in third place. Kovacs was in the lead. The Americans were one, two, three the entire time. Then Krauser takes the lead going into like the second half, the final four, three throws. So it goes Krauser, Kovacs, and then Alwatande, if I said his name right, apologies. But then in fifth flow, fifth flow, fifth throw, Kovacs takes the lead. Yeah. But then the final throw of the fifth throw, Krauser had to wait. He had to wait for the 110 hurdle. The false start. Yeah. All, all that to go down. Yeah. Then passes back Kovacs on that fifth throw, and then that was all she wrote. So it was kind of cool seeing it back and forth. I was thinking, can Kovacs do it again? Can Kovacs continue to be one of the greatest shot putters of all time? every odd year or every world championship I thought I was going to lose my house. I thought my house bet is just cursed. It was Lyles last year and then Krauser. Man, yeah, that was dramatic. People were into it every time it was Ryan loud. entered. I mean, loud. he obviously has ties to, to this, this place, but every time he entered the ring, it was really loud in there. And that was going on at the same time as, as the high hurdles and all the drama going on there as well, too. So um, women's hammer? Women's hammer, sweep? No, North, American. North American sweep. <laughs> Still counts. The word America is in both countries. Uh, not, no, that's not true. That's, the word America is in the word North America. Apologies. But yeah, uh, Brooke Anderson takes the win. Uh, Cameron Rogers, I believe, got second, right? Yeah. And then um, Janae, Janae Casavoid takes third. Brooke Anderson, one thing I was taking away from this, the U.S. women throwers are freaking amazing. They could sweep. You already got shot or... I mean, jabs gonna be really hard, but yeah. you, you got shot, you got hammer, and you got Valley Allman coming up in the disc. But what's crazy about it, it's not just shot, hammer, all. It's not just about uh, Ely, um, Anderson, and Allman. The They're interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. Remember when Maggie Ewan was doing it? Yep. When when Michelle Carter was doing it? Yep. Remember when it's just crazy the amount of depth how different women can come in and have great seasons, and that like we're always gonna get maybe one to two. To even three medalists yeah. in all these field events, uh, th throwing events specifically. Yeah. All right. I think we're going to start to wrap up. I'm looking if there was anything else. Men's foreign heats, women's foreign heats. Um, there's some qualifications, heptathlon underway as well, too, but we can talk more about that as it progresses. Tomorrow, we have final in the women's marathon. Gordon's going to get up early again for that one. Men's high jump, women's triple jump. Uh, women's eight or sorry, women's heptathlon, uh, men's steeple final, and then women's 1500 final. So distance heavy on night, okay. night number four. So we need some predictions from you, man. I've already made my predictions at the beginning of this. We don't well, know. no, what's your, well, let's pick one event and we're going to make a prediction. We're going to yeah. hold you to it. Yeah. Well, Faith Kipiagon is going to win. Otherwise at this time tomorrow, we should live stream it on the Instagram. Yeah. I'm going to go run for three minutes and 50 seconds or however long the winner ran for. That's okay. how confident Ooh, I am. What if it's like a 4.15? Yeah. I mean, the crazy thing is I have plans to go to Wild Duck after, so then I will go to Wild Duck sweaty <laughs> because of this. Let's hope that happens. Yeah, that's my prediction. I'm putting money on Sinclair Johnson, the medal. Mm -hmm. Putting $100 on that, so you can follow that. Update on my betting. 
I was up pretty big after the Marvin Bracey. I was up a thousand bucks. Yeah. But I did really bad today. I lost a lot. I told you to quit yesterday. You told me to quit while I was ahead. I did not take that advice. I'm, I'm, I lost. I got the Shelly and Fraser Price win. So that helped me out. Right now, I have a bunch of bets still outstanding. If I were to lose every single bet, yeah, I'll be down three hundred dollars. Yeah. But if I were to win every single bet, yeah, I'll be up at that three thousand. Yeah. So I'm going to be anywhere between three thousand and minus three hundred as of right now. All right. Well, we're going to upload the rest of the interviews to the site. I'm tired. You're, you're thrilled about. Well, I woke up at five, whatever this morning to cover the marathon. So I'm I w- tired. Chat, you need to uh, throw down applause for Kevin because Kevin had the longest day. He woke up early. He did the marathon coverage. He did the mixed zone coverage while I was up just watching the track meet, yeah. being a track fan. Yeah. Fan. A little call back there. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, clap for Kevin. He had a great day. He's tired. He had to find a nap. Did you find a nap in the middle of the day? I didn't. I kind of closed my eyes for a second. Uh, John from Let's Run went in search of a quiet place to sleep. I don't know if it worked. If he – Finds a good spot and tells me I might do it tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be the last. Actually, tomorrow might be easier because I can nap after the marathon, but we'll see. But it's only three days in, and I'm already seeing Botox and different people napping. Yeah. Like, the napping has begun. It's We're starting. day three, and the napping has begun. Yeah. So, uh, in the chat, thank you everyone for tuning in. Someone asked, is the Curve video released? A lot. The, the videos are either going to be on the site or within the next hour, or some of them are going to be on YouTube as well, too. So, please check out. The interviews we got a ton of stuff there i mean that's basically i'm running back and forth between the interview area and then up to the track to watch so yeah please please check out the interviews um if you want more info uh, on your favorite athletes that are that are competing anyway that's it else? like subscribe tune in tomorrow eight o'clock on instagram or eight ten on instagram for the we never know who's going to show up we had a scientist and maurice green show up on our <laughs> on the uh, walk and talk to the podcast tune in here 8 30 tell your friends it's been great uh no usain bolt takes for me tonight but you know give me a few days and i might be stupid and do it again so hold on before we go during some comments here uh someone said you can sleep in your dead true someone else said you guys are awesome someone said y'all have the worst takes sometimes but we appreciate what you do clapping hands emoji shout out to you appreciate it uh someone says thanks kevin really appreciate it thank you for getting me some some praise uh, to Kevin. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you. We'll we love you, Kevin. We love you guys in chat. We love Colt, our producer. Yeah, getting some videos in there. Colt is the one who really should be getting recognized. He's yes. working really hard as well to bring this show. That's the first time I think we've put videos in with live. sound. Yes, live. We're uh, gonna do that more now. Colt, how you feeling? Colt, you doing good? I'm doing great. It's very late where I am. But I'm doing great. Okay, so let's go. That's what Colt, that's like, Colt, you can thank me by ending the show. See you guys tomorrow, day four. Peace. Subscribe.